This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone podcast with Rico Baird and the Big Ten Network's Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. It's the season wrap-up of college football. And not only do we have a national title winner in the Big Ten, the runner-up will be in the Big Ten. But just when you thought that was the biggest story in college football, wait, it wasn't. There's more to come. We'll get to that a little bit later because uh, Nick Saban, an iconic coach, yeah. away. So I'll, let's start with on the field. Mm-hmm. Michigan Wolverines are the national champions in college football. When you watched that game, what was the first thing that came to mind to you? Well, that they were actually running the ball uh, the way we hadn't seen them run it this year. Um, you think about the three big runs that, that happened in the game, uh, Edwards, you know, started getting things started. We hadn't seen that type of uh, run game this year for whatever reason, uh, but it was on full display. Yeah, uh, Edwards really setting the tempo for him, and you know, I, I think it's it's a great story uh, in, in really just patience. And, you know, I'm glad that it brought to the forefront, you know, some of the struggles that he had been having off the field as far as mental health is concerned. He went and got help for that. And it all culminated at the national championship game with him getting back out there. Because remember, he wasn't the number two guy. He was the number three guy going into that game, at least the third guy to enter, third tailback to enter the game. But I think if you stay on the field, uh, what Michigan was able to do was really just just dominate that game. Now, there were some points in that game where, you know, Washington was still hanging in there. Um, and, and they felt like they were still within striking distance. But the more you watched it, the more you saw there was not a lot of confidence in the throws that Michael Penix was making. He was short-arming at some of them. He wasn't following through. It was almost like... Howard, I think he was seeing Ghost out there because he's going to go back and watch the film of the All-22, and he's going to kick himself the the times that he had a receiver wide open or a tight end wide open for a touchdown, but he chose to check it down, and it was like either he didn't want to take the hits or I just think that the uh, the mentor defense just really – it confused them. And and for all the things that Michigan – you know, may not want to talk about that happened this season. One of the big things that they did do right was, I don't even know what you call it. I just, I call it an internship program they had with the Baltimore Ravens, but they were able to bring in Mike McDonald and then uh, mentor in and, and they, they schemed pro defenses that these college kids just, they, they didn't know. And, and, and the reason why I think it, you got to give a lot of credit to that Howard is because 
you often see when quarterbacks go off to the league, they would dominate in college, but they get to the pros and they look totally lost. That's what Michigan is running right now, where you see it humbles a quarterback because, Coach, that guy was wide open, but he wasn't. They 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 schemed it up, and you fell for the cheese or you know the old the uh, banana in the tailpipe to, to to use the Beverly Hills cop reference. You fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, and, and I think one of the, the biggest things is that going into this game, I I truly believed that if Michael Penix was to be able to have the success he had all year long throwing the ball away, he was going to have an opportunity to catapult himself into the discussion of whether or not he should be the number one quarterback coming off the board. For the reason that you just mentioned, when you talk about the defense that he was going against, you knew it was a pro-style defense. So he was going to have to make some tough reads. He was going to have to make adjustments. He has free reign in that offense to get in and out of plays, change things at the line. But as you mentioned, you know, Michigan did an unbelievable job of just making him so uncomfortable. And it wasn't like, you know, they were all of a sudden coming up with exotic blitzes that, that we hadn't seen from their, their front four, but they were getting there with four or five guys. And the coverage disguises that they were running were outstanding. Now, there were a couple times where there were open receivers, but one of them, the, I think the first one that, that we saw was open down the sideline. I thought that the receiver probably should have taken an in, outside release instead of an inside release, looking at the combination routes that yeah. were being run. And I believe when you saw Michael Penix, he kind of felt like he should have been outside, but that was still a play that he should have been able to hit, and he wasn't comfortable. They got to him. So much was made about just how quickly he got the ball out of his hands and to the right spots, but those those opportunities weren't there. Those 80-20 footballs, the uh, passes uh, that we talked about last week, they weren't there either. They were legitimate 50-50 balls. And you saw Will Johnson come up with a huge play, a great interception uh, to be able to hang on to the football and really, you know, kind of set the tempo for the second half of that game. Yeah, and and going back to Donovan Edwards, it it was just funny because the first run, that first touchdown run was all him because he runs into the line and gets He he ran in, I like to call it, he ran in darkness. Right, and then he stopped and said, hold on, let me rethink this. Yeah. How about I go over to the left mm-hmm. and just take that all the way to the house? The next one was a great scheme yeah. by Sharon Moore. I mean, he got everybody pulled into the left, and Donovan just went to the right, and there was yeah. no one there, home run. But then afterwards, I mean, the Washington defense tightened up. I mean, because yeah. it looked like it was – it looked like it was – Michigan was going to put up about 60 points. Like, this mm-hmm. is going to be over. It was going to look like last year's game with Georgia and TCU yeah. – and then all of a sudden things got a lot tighter, but then it was it, they leaned on that defense that's gotten them to where they are. I, I mean, I look at this Michigan team, and 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 and, and it's kind of one of those things where I'd like to call it, and we all have them the, the dysfunctional family, where mm-hmm. yeah, you love your family, but then you know deep down it, it's it's some stuff that you're not proud of or your family. For Michigan, yeah, it's. I realized that this team didn't need to do any of the things that they were accused of doing. They were just a better team. They were. They were a better team on the field. And mm-hmm. I understand when they're like, well, hey, you know, well, we didn't need to do all of that stuff to win. And I said, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the billionaire getting caught stealing a million dollars. You didn't need that million dollars because you're a billionaire. 
but you did get caught, but you didn't need it. Or, or as I, I said on my show, for those old enough to remember, it was Watergate. And Richard, mm-hmm. was, Richard Nixon was going to win that election. He was going to get 48 states out of 50. He threw it all away trying to get the 49th state, mm-hmm. and he didn't need to. That team, Howard, yeah. it was complete. They they found a way to get it done, and, and I'll give them credit. They used all the suspensions and everything, and they, it galvanized them. That they, 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 they were laser-focused. And now I don't know what's going to happen next. I, all I will simply say is this. You are, in my opinion, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your head coach is already on your staff. If Harbor, there's there, there's already eight jobs. Bill Belichick just walked away. There's eight jobs in the NFL. It's probably going to be a couple more. If yeah. Harbaugh goes to the NFL, which I think, let's face it, it's what he wants to do. He's been trying to get it for the last couple of years. Yeah. If you don't give this to Sharon Moore, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're doing. Now, my only thing is when it comes to Coach Moore, you have to give this man some latitude. You got to give him some runway. You can't expect a national title next year and every year, okay? It's nice. I know every fan base wants that, but you got to be realistic. So long as he keeps this thing going, so long as he's competing to win the Big Ten, I think you've got your coach. That's just me, Howard. I, I don't see any other person. And, 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 no, I'm not pushing Jim out the door, mm-hmm. but I think we can kind of all see where this is going to me. That's Coach Moore's job, or I, I think it's going to be an epic failure, in my, my, my opinion. Yeah, I think if you look around and you'd say that, you know, he would be the guy, right? If, if Coach Harbaugh is not there, it, it only makes sense. Um, he was a guy that was, was put into place by Coach Harbaugh um, to play against Penn State. When, when the, the second suspension came around, he was the guy that they, that they chose. And it's a reason that they chose him uh, to be the guy because he believes in everything that he's been able to do. I, I would also say, and you know, it hasn't happened yet, and we don't know, but I think you know, the same way that Marcus Freeman at, at Notre Dame needs some time mm-hmm. to settle in and understand the magnitude of the position that he's in. And it's just not Good him and coach growing into that, but it's everyone around him that needs to grow into that. Because when you talk about taking over, you know, one of the most storied franchises, uh, institutions in, in, in college athletics, uh, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Michigan, there are a lot of pitfalls that are out there. There are a lot of landmines that are there that you just don't know. Having to be a first-time, you know, head coach at this type of level is is a hard task. And I know we look at the X's and O's, we look at the wins and losses, and, and want to judge people that way. But it takes time. It takes a process. But I think for what he's been through, for what he's had the the vantage point of being able to watch, I absolutely think that he should get the first crack. I think he deserves that opportunity uh, to say no, like you would have to right. say. But the point is, 
he should be the first person that, that's asked to to lead this Michigan program if they need to go find another head coach. So to change gears for a little bit, Howard, this is going to be one of those moments on what's the June, you mean January 10th, mm-hmm. 2024, roughly around but 4.15 p.m., where were you when word came out that Nick Saban was <laughs> down? Because I do think that yep. that's going to be a where were you type of moments because yep. this man, iconic. I mean, when you look and see most head coaches, most programs, Howard, have their day in the sun. Yeah. And then they fade away. Mm-hmm. There was a time where it was USC and it was Pete mm-hmm. Carroll and it looked like, oh, my God, he's going to run things. And then he didn't anymore. It mm-hmm. was Nick Saban in LSU. And then he was gone. It was Dabo in Clemson. And then he was gone. Right now, I guess it's Georgia and Kirby Smart. We'll see how long that ride goes. But Nick Saban had the longevity of two decades where Bama was the gold standard. I don't care who the national title was. When you saw people at game day, when you saw people, I mean, even I'm sure when you, when you went and did the Big Ten road tour, you hold up signs saying, we want Bama. When we want Clemson, when we want Georgia, we want Bama. Bama was the gold standard because it was Nick Saban. Heck, I saw something this morning. He's got 30 players playing in the in the playoffs in the NFL. 30 players. Like you go to Bama, you go to the pros. It's iconic. Yeah, it's well over. I think it's 124, 25 players that are on rosters to this point with a combined uh, contract value of well over $2 billion. Hey, right. I mean, you go to Bama, you make the league, you get paid. I guess for, for, I got a feeling, and I haven't talked to Nick, but in mm-hmm. like, you know, talking with, 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 uh, with, you know, some coaches in the league, I won't say his name, but mm-hmm. they, they kind of feel like if you're an older coach, you wake up every morning and it starts to be, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. This isn't what I used to do. I didn't have to. Ch- I didn't have to become a concierge to my players and make sure everybody's happy. And what's your NIL package like? And wait, wait, are you going to leave this year? Okay, are you going to leave me this week? Do I got to check back next week? Are you going to hit the portal? Is this just? It, I know he's seventy-two, but it kind of feels like college football just kind of wore Nick down. You even saw when they played Michigan, the stuff that would it, Nick became a. In my opinion, how he became a grandfather. On the sideline. And it was funny because I remember watching my father and the stuff I did as a kid when my nephew did it, he blew it off. And I'm like, wait, where's that man that tortured me all my life? Yeah. He became like with Milrow and and, and, and everything that was happening in that game against Michigan. He was just kind of like, ah, you know, stuff happens. What are you going to do about it? I felt like the end was soon. I thought maybe he would do another year to get a farewell tour. But yeah. Is it I think it's am I wrong for thinking that it's just kind of the new football and this is why so many older coaches just decide I don't want to deal with this anymore? Yeah, and I think the other side of it too is um you know when when you're working for Nick Saban, when when you're in that environment, it, it's 24-7. It, it's not 
it's not okay let me go put eight hours in at the office because you knew he was putting 12 13 14 hours in at the office and i think he's even said as much putting that kind of time in when he was 62 is a whole lot different than putting that time in when you're 72. right so so i, I think there are a combination of things that that have transpired whether it's nil and, and to be honest I, I know he believes in listen you know players should be compensated they should be taken care of but I do believe that at 72, there's probably less fight there and less because we've watched him. We've watched him change and adapt to whether it was the, the way offenses were moving the football on the football field uh, to be able to change that. You know, he's always been uh, the elite recruiter and always has had you know, high expectations for coaches being on his staff that could be elite recruiters. But I think there's just a combination of things. This NIL is just so – the guard, there are no guardrails. Right. And I think if, if you could – if he could actually still coach and not have to maintain some of the other things that you have to maintain as, as a football coach, you know, I, I think he could probably still adapt. I don't think that you look at the portal. I don't, I don't know that that's a major issue for him to deal with because he's always had to deal with young people wanting to leave Alabama and people recruiting off of his roster uh, because he was one of the few coaches that has been able to stockpile five-star uh, talent and, and be able to still get them to stick around. Now, you lose players. That happens. But guys understood why they went there. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a fascinating time, uh, much like the NFL, which I'm sure we'll get to. But now with this Alabama job now being vacant, you know that's going to cause a I think a ripple effect. Oh yeah, some of the other people that are going to look and see. I mean, I know where did they go? Because I mean, my thing is, do you just go? and try to bring Kirby Smart back, but he kind of has this thing rolling in Georgia, and I think Georgia's going to be like, over my dead body, are you leaving to go mm -hmm. to the Bible? But I think people forget, you know, Saban was once at LSU, mm -hmm. and he left, went to the pros, came back. Yeah. I, the two names that I'm thinking of, one impacts the Big Ten, the other is a former Big Ten coach. We talked about it for Michigan State job, is Urban Meyer. Urban's sitting there. And you have the resources. Urban no, Urban was an SEC coach even in the Big Ten. Urban knew the boundaries. He knew the gray. He knew how to push it. Let's put it like that. You got Urban, and 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 then you have Lanning out at Oregon. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's come out and said he's not going anywhere. Okay, so he's come out recently and said I, he's not going anywhere. Um, I know Clemson basically will pack up Dabo's bags and say you can have him. Because yeah, I think this is a front. But Dabo doesn't like doing the whole the, the NIL, the, the portal thing. He doesn't, he's yeah. come out and said, that's not me. So I don't think that he would be a fit to go to Alabama. I, I'm going to tell you, after you, you, you parse through all the names that are out there and you, know, you have to, uh, I would throw a name out there, Ryan from the Houston Texans. Oh, D'Amico Ryan? I would tell you that I believe his name will be in the mix of this job. Um, <laughs> but he's ooh, okay. Ex explain, Howard. That just the history. There, there, there are people that are really close to that program that 
have always talked for years that, that he would he would be one of the people that would be in the mix. And I know you look everywhere else and there are names out there um, that you would look to. And, and I'm sure everyone will have that opportunity. But I think you also look for someone who can be around for the long haul, right? I don't know that, that Urban is going to be around for the long haul if he were the guy. Do you call Urban? Absolutely. You, you call whoever you want to call, right? Because it's Alabama. You have unlimited resources. You can do what you need to do um, to, to be as competitive as you want to be uh, in, in college athletics. It, Nick has put that program in that situation, and the administration has put the program in, in you know, committed those resources. They don't have some of the other issues uh, from a from a athletic department standpoint. I think they may have 17, 16, 17 varsity sports. Yeah. Right. So the revenue is there. I mean, you're yeah, always yeah. their way of dealing with Title IX is okay. How about we just cut a bunch of programs? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Football. Yeah. So. You know, I, I just think there it, it's going to be a fascinating process to to watch and see. I mean, but that's also, an interesting name you just dropped. Like, yeah. only because he's not struggling. Like, no. he he basically said, "Okay, I don't make, I don't understand why y'all act like these rebuilds take a long time." Mm-hmm. Here's a rookie quarterback. Here's a rookie defensive player, and I'm a rookie coach. We're mm-hmm. in the playoffs. We won the division. It's not that tough. Like. Yeah, you're the king of Houston right now. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you want to come to the? Do you want is is Alabama a strong enough pull for you uh, to make a move there when you've had the type of success you've had at Houston? Now, listen again. I'm not saying that he's the top choice. I'm not saying that he's the only person they want. I'm saying that the people that are in the know believe that he's going to be in the mix in some way, shape or form after people get through all the other names that, you know, typically come up for a job like that. I mean, you look at, see, I can't think of too many names, Howard, because I, maybe I give that program too much respect, but I'm like, that's Alabama. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you got to put on your Sunday best. This is like <laughs> Easter Sunday at growing up as a, you better get up on the three piece. Like that's Bama. They're not going to just take somebody. Yeah, you gotta oh, no. be young. You got to be up and coming. You got to be innovative. You got to be cutting edge because they got resources. And they're not a, a ten and two season and not going to a championship game. Mm-hmm. Any other school successful year? Yeah, that's a failure at Alabama. Yeah. So you know it'll be fast again. It'll be fascinating to watch because uh, it's one of the few jobs I think in in college athletics that. You can look. You can look around, and some of the best programs that are out there, and the guy that's leading them may very well be interested in that position. Yeah. And that's well, I mean, I a lot of that. people be interested in Bama. Uh, I don't know if Bama be interested in them. I mean, have you ever thought about going into coaching? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I was just wondering, like maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm talking to the next Bama coach. Yeah, right. I wish. Uh, no, I, I think that um, you know. I, that time is, is long past me by, but uh, you know, I, I just think it's a it's a it's a fascinating it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. And you know, I wonder. You know, there were a lot of reports uh, in the off season that you know the Sabins had bought a seventeen eighteen million dollar house in Florida, right? So I think people will look to that and start to say, well, 
maybe he was starting to, to give it some, yeah. some thought about what the next moves were going to be. But you couple that, I, I mean, you couple that and you look, you know, you, you see Satan step away, Pete Carroll right. you know, stepping away. You talk about somebody that's done it at the highest level as recent oh, college game and the pro game. I, I don't know that anyone else has done it. I must say Jimmy Johnson. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Johnson, right. So that that's a that's an elite group. And we talked about Harbaugh wanting to to also, I think, chase that. As he talks about being able to sit at the big table now, uh, he might be able to slide over. Uh, he won't get the head of the table because his dad is still here. So he won't you know what? Here, real quick, Jimmy, not to yeah. catch I honestly believe that they probably had a little table that they sat Jim at. That family, I, it would would it shock you if you looked and saw he was actually sitting at a little table? I wouldn't, because that family's so competitive. <laughs> I would I would even go this far. I would say Jim wouldn't even want to sit at the big table because yeah. he would say, "There's stuff over there that, that I haven't done yet. I yeah. won't go over here." I yeah. can absolutely see him right. handling stuff that way. <laughs> like, why is there two tables where Jim yeah. sits over there with the kids and we're on the <laughs> grandchildren he takes out over there right but now you got belichick who walks away and, and another stat that i saw that belichick and saban played in 19 title games won 13 of them combined howard are we ever gonna see a coach either in the pro or college that has the level of success that either one of these two have had i, I don't think so i, I think those days have, have come and gone and you, you look at it this way man um bill belichick hired the young Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, you, you think about that. Yeah. Um, was it Cleveland, right? Yeah, Cleveland. Um, you know, it, it's, it, and then obviously you know the stories, you see, um, you know, just them talk and the admiration that they have for one another. And it's probably <laughs> fitting that they both walk away from this thing at the same time. And, <laughs> Both kind of, I mean, you think about Bill Parcells, Nick Saban, <laughs> and Belichick, those three. I mean, they've accomplished a great deal uh, of, and had a great deal of success, you know, at, at all levels. So I don't think we'll see that again. I, I think partly because of where college football is uh, with, the, with the salaries. Um, the coaches are now commanding at, at the college level. I think guys will walk away. Uh, sooner than than later, uh, I think at the pro level, what he was able to do in New England, um, really, you won't. You can, it's hard to build rosters. I mean, how many times have we watched New England go on a run, and you would say, "How are they doing this with the receivers right. that they're doing this with?" Right. And, and you know, whatever. Listen, uh, everything comes to an end, but you never heard about. New England just spending crazy, crazy money, overspending in free agency. No, uh, they, if anything, they were able to get Tom Brady to just work on a budget. Absolutely. Said, sure, I want to win titles. Absolutely. And so I think those days are are long gone. I, I'd say one of the differences, the other differences is too, um, you know, Saban believed in having these giant back offices. Right. He believed in that. He knew that's the way you needed to handle things where Belichick was on the opposite end of the spectrum. He had the smallest staff and said, everybody's going to be reporting to me. And I'm not trying to keep up with all these people. 
I need to know what's going on in all of these meeting rooms and what's happening around this program. And you really watch between he and, and, and Mr. Kraft really build, build back a, a organization that, you know, whether it was a stadium, whether it was everything around that stadium, when they took over, you know, I can remember Bill Belichick talking about because he, I believe he had taken the, the New York Jet job. But then he switched and went to New England. And one of the reasons he switched and went to New England because there were less distractions around. Because there were so many distractions, even going back to the Cleveland days, that were around during that time. That he said, if he had a team and, and you could be in New England or be in New York, he'd rather take, you know, Foxborough rather than, than be in Manhattan and be, you know, in the New York area. So those things work for him. And then they created the, the Patriot way, similar to what they created at Alabama. You know, guys knew you weren't going to have as much fun as you could have in some other places going to Alabama, but you were going to be able to make it to the league and you were going to be able to have the opportunity to play for a national title. Now, Kirby Smart has kind of put a twist on that where he has, you know, has these guys, they're still disciplined, but they're having a whole lot more fun in Georgia, at least they said, than they are. At, uh, at Alabama. So we've seen that switch happen. So it'll be fascinating to see. And, and again, I think Belichick's going to coach next year. It's a matter of where he's going to coach. And that's going to be a huge ripple effect because now even if you're a team in the playoffs or you're a team not in the playoffs, you're making that call. Because as an owner, you need to say, you're saying, am I better off trying to hire that guy or the guy that's on my staff right now? So it'll be fascinating to watch just what happens you know, over the next couple of weeks uh, in the NFL, for that matter, what happens uh, in college, because I think the ripple effect will happen there as well. Right. Well, Howard, I've appreciated having you on all football season. I know the fans have been appreciated you coming on. We'll get you back at the end of the spring practice. But, Absolutely. But I want to – I like to do a thing called receipts. So uh-huh. right here, right now, Howard, <laughs> I got a couple questions for you. Okay. The top, put on your prognostication hat, okay? Mm-hmm. Top four teams in the Big Ten next season. Well, oh, it gets harder. This is the easiest question. <laughs> it gets harder. It gets oh, harder. Okay, I, I, I think you have to have. I think you have to have Ohio State in that conversation. Okay. Uh, I think Penn State can be in that conversation. I think yeah, Mecca said he was coming back to Ohio. Yeah, I, I think Washington and Oregon will be in that conversation as well. I, I think Michigan will be there. You t- you said four. I, I'm giving you five. Right, that's that, that's that Illini education. Yeah, right yeah that, that, that's five, Howard. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Chicago Public Schools. We, we try our best. Right, we, we vote early, vote often. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I think. What Washington, what they did show me uh, in this game, even though they they didn't win it, was that the right formula is there for them. I mean, they're playing the game the right way. You can make the argument that on those big runs that, you know, maybe the backside linebacker, the safety didn't feel. There were some situations where they could have gotten better. Um, You can make the argument that, you know, they had the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line and – you know, they just, you know, had some mistakes here and there that were forced by Michigan. Um, I don't think Michigan's going anywhere. I think Washington's there. You know, Oregon, you know, they, they all have to replace guys under center. We don't know what's going to happen in Michigan. But really, when you think about it, Penn State's the only one that looks like it's going to have the, the returning guy under center 
and they're going with the new offensive coordinator this year. So I think it's a lot out there. I know this. Whoever's quarterback really is able to um, really get a grasp and is able to start fast, it is where the edge is going to be because right. this is a quarterback-driven driven, uh, league. And if you want to be that, be in that 12-team playoff, although you know, obviously expanding helps, you're still going to have to have a guy understanding it's going to be a difference maker. Now, because, see, for me, I wonder about Penn State because Manny Diaz leaving. Yep. Going to Duke, that's the one that I think is going to really hurt them. And then I, I look at, like for Michigan, it's like you're looking at the quarterbacks. I'm like, if, if Harbaugh leaves, I got to think that he takes mentor with him to run his defense. So can you find somebody that can keep that train going? They went to the Ravens twice. I don't know if you can keep going back to the Ravens because Jim mm-hmm. is not there. Because I do think that John and Jim kind of, you know, he loaned up some players and like, yeah. Him ready for me. It's almost like an internship. Let mm-hmm. him go spend two years at Michigan and come back. I agree with you. It's depending on what the quarterback's going to be. So let let me let's narrow it down mm-hmm. because there's no divisions next year. Big Ten championship game as of right now in January. Who's playing in the championship game? <laughs> it could change, but we just having some fun. I mean, yeah, I know things can change. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether JJ's coming back. You know, I would never bet against him. Um, I would probably go Oregon, Ohio State. Okay, here's the funny thing, Howard. If I would have wrote it down, I would have held up a piece of paper and said Oregon and Ohio State. I had the same two teams. So, okay, Howard, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's gonna be, hey, listen, this is going to be a fascinating spring, too. I know basketball season's here. Started getting the thick of things. But I think this the college football season, the way, the way we've uh, watched – the Big Ten expand to 18 teams. What we're seeing in the SEC expand as well. It's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding college athletics this spring. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, because uh, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna get you back. Spring practices. You guys do the BTN tour. You're gonna look and see what's going on. I'm gonna have you back probably into April, May or yeah. so. We're going to do this again, so Absolutely. make sure you write down your answers of who you think. <laughs> and then we're going to do it again before the season, Howard, because remember, after spring practices, the portal opens back up, and you're going to get more changing around. Right. So we'll see. Right. So Howard Howard is done with football. I'm going to be here. I'm going to have one of his coworkers, Harold Sheldon, is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking, as Howard likes to call them, the short pants. <laughs> yes. Talking. About some college hoops in future episodes. But Howard, thank you once again. Looking forward to doing this again with you later in the spring and, and next fall. You were a true professional, and thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. I hope the fans enjoyed it and looking forward. Enjoy my man Harold Shelton. He's only getting a little vacation time in right now. So you might have to give him some grief about where he's been, him and the oh. wife. So Oh. Yeah, I think I think he'll come back with some really good stories. That'll be a tease for you, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to it. For Howard Griffith, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. Keep liking, subscribing, telling your friends. 
I will be back next week. That beautiful man right there, he'll be back a little bit later on in the spring. Howard, appreciate your time. Guys, hey, keep liking us, keep subscribing, keep telling everybody. Thanks for watching the Five Star Zone.